Mahler inserted Urlicht, one of the original Wunderhorn songs, as both a brief intermezzo between the scherzo and the finale, and a vehicle by which to introduce the voice into the symphony. It can be compared with the Ophroida bass solo Beethoven used to introduce the voice in his Ninth Symphony. In Urlicht, the singer's simple faith conveys a message of eternal redemption that is achieved in the closing moments of the finale. Mahler directs that the alto soloists sing with the tone and vocal expression of a child who thinks she is in heaven. Having come through the tortuous questions of the first movement and the fearful apprehensions that intercede in the third, we are now ready to experience Mahler's spiritual message of universal redemption. The contrast between bitter irony and dreadful prophetic vision in the scherzo and the simple naive expression of faith in Urlicht is nearly as pronounced as that between the awesome power of the first movement and the gentle lyricism of the second. Yet unlike the long hiatus Mahler imposes between the first two movements, he directs that Ulrich proceed after the scherzo movement without pause. Mahler wrote the song Ulrich long before the other movements. After Totenfire and most of the other Wunderhorn leader were completed, yet it is a perfect fit in the context of this symphony. The chorale-like music that accompanies the soloist becomes source material for the finale. Purity and simplicity of vocal expression here comes closer to Bruckner than anything else Mahler ever wrote. Mahler was also influenced by Bruckner's use of diatonic chorale-like harmonies and blocks of orchestral sound that are characteristic of this movement. Structurally, form follows function here as it does in the finale. Although a tripartite construction is apparent, it is the dramatic essence of the text and the musical ideas drawn from it that determine the ground plan of this brief movement. The middle section contains several chromatic modulations that heighten the underlying tension when the text relates to the angel's challenge to the singer's simple but undaunted faith. While the message conveyed is belief in ultimate redemption, there is also a subliminal message of overcoming adversity, even if self-imposed, a principle that will become increasingly important in Mahler's later symphonies. The hymnal quality of the opening measures not only imbues the movement with an austere, church-like atmosphere, but also sets the tone for the remainder of the symphony. The first words, O Reschen Rot, are held out as if beginning a choral hymn. An arch-like trumpet chorale follows as an extension of the rising three-note figure sung to these words. The stepwise ascending figure with which the chorale begins anticipates the resurrection theme of the finale and looks back to its forerunner in the first movement.
When the alto soloist re-enters with the second and third line of the text, the thematic construction changes from diatonic to chromatic to reflect the passion of the words. Diatonic melody is re-established for the following two lines, which envision redemption from the suffering alluded to in the previous lines. Notice that the alto sings the words, Je lieber micht ich im Himmel sein, to virtually the same chorale melody played by the trumpets at the beginning. In typically Wagnerian style, the vocal line ends not on a cadence, but in midstream, the cadence being supplied by the first oboe on a Wagnerian turn. Mahler will use this turn figure either to convey a sense of heavenly serenity, as in the third symphony's first movement, or mocking irony, as in the E-flat clarinet solo toward the close of the central section of the Ninth Symphony's scherzo. The middle section opens in B-flat minor with a new childlike tune that could well have been a nursery rhyme heard by Mahler as a child. It is played by the clarinets against a simple melody sung in narrative style for the alto solo. Solo violin plays a more extended melody that sounds like yet another nursery tune, reminiscent of the Austrian yodeling tunes in the second movement of the first symphony. As the tonality modulates to A major, the theme with which the section began becomes rhythmic underpinning for the nursery tune. The alto sings a variation of the violin's nursery tune, which is again cut off before the tune finishes. After the tonality reverts to the minor, 
the nursery tune closes on a repeated falling minor third. This falling third will be heard as an important motive in the Nietzsche movement of the Third Symphony. In the concluding section, a progressive series of chromatic rising chords enhances the passion with which the singer rejects the angel's command. Once again, the vocal line becomes more chromatic. String tremolos add tension. At the climax of the movement, during which the singer avows her unshakable faith in God's promise of redemption, the vocal line rises in a sequence of ascending figures. These relate to a phrase sung to the second and third lines of text in the first section. Here they are sung with heightened emotion, as the vocal line reaches heavenward for the light that will illuminate existence. So the words, Ich bin von Gott und will wieder zu Gott. Mahler will not offer a more fervent prayer for salvation again until the wordless finale of the Ninth Symphony. This moving supplication closes as the tempo recedes and the alto sings a variation of the vocal line that closed the first section. Again, it ends before reaching a cadence, as if suspended in a state of grace. Here the strings provide the cadence with which this brief movement ends. This concluding phrase will return in the finale. <laughs> 